On this episode 116 of the It Came From Gen X uh, podcast, we are porterhouse-less this evening, but Skinner and I are giving you a new show. That's right, we're giving you a new show tonight. We're talking about some bad news, war, and some uh, shootings and stuff like that. Have to do it. Get that out there. There'll be a lot of fun stuff as well. Sports news, music news, a lot of injuries in the NFL. We talk about that. And Halloween traditions, Skinner, as we talk about some of our favorite uh, shows and traditions uh, for Halloween that we grew up with and that we still enjoy today. We'll give you all this and plenty more Gen X talk, memories, rants, and all that good stuff. So hang with us, keep listening, keep watching, and here we go. You're listening to It Came From Gen X. Welcome to It Came From Gen X. This is Michael Skinner alongside Brian Fisher. We are late today. Mm. And I would say late in the weight sense, but that would be kind of mean, wouldn't it? Mr. Porter happens to not be here today, which is odd, Mm -hmm. but we will try to survive and move forward the best we can. Just know, brother, we miss you and uh, hope all is well. Mm -hmm. So how are you doing, Fish? It's been a couple weeks, what, two weeks, I think, since we've been on last? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing well. Yeah, Keith had some uh, something missionary, like a missionary position or something, he said. I don't know, something like that. I can't. (laughs) Something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe we something, just misheard. Uh, yeah, yeah, we mis- yeah. probably misheard something or something like that. But uh, no, I'm doing well. Colostomy or colonoscopy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, something, yeah, something. stuck on a table somewhere, maybe. No, I'm, I'm doing well, brother. Uh, glad you're feeling better as well. That's why we were off last uh, last week. You were not feeling that well, and Keith was. Busy. I had a refrigerator conk out. I was clearing the way for a repairman and everything. It was just kind of a bad week last week to do this, but uh, glad to be back here. Yeah. Um, yeah, just uh, finishing up. Uh, see, Allie's daughter finished up marching band season and band her senior year. So we saw a couple of events there over the last couple of weeks that were very nice. Um, uh, right. uh, Allie's birthday is coming up this week here, so happy uh, birthday, Allie! By the time that this uh, this airs, and uh, we did some yeah, did some stuff for her birthday recently as well. I'm going to do a few more things. So yeah, just kind of family friend stuff here, man. Uh, how are you doing? You feeling better? Doing well. Um, it's it's that damn crud. I don't know what else to call mm. it. I get it every single single year. It seems like when the weather drops. I have a chronic sinus issue, which I think is what all this is. I did a COVID test because I had to yeah. uh, go into work. So I took a COVID test to make sure I could get in uh, to the office, and it's negative. So Good. it's just sinus drainage. It it drains you because you don't sleep well, and then you've got fatigue, and it just it compounds. But mm. now I'm bustling through it, doing the best we can. Got so much going on with this house of mine you guys know you listeners know it's a busy household here in the skinner household but um things are well we went to uh friends uh went to a game that happened to be against barberton it was the senior night for Chicago falls hmm. uh friends of ours has a senior in the band so we did did watch the band 
perform one last time there for him. Uh, we were there to support him. And uh, uh, Halloween is t- this past weekend here. Uh, yeah. We are recording on Monday, October 30th. So technically it's not till tomorrow. But Cog Falls does Halloween trick-or-treat on the Saturday before. So we had the kids all up at my um, sister's house and did all that. And um, just glad to be moving around, doing things. Looking forward to the holiday season. Everybody says, oh, the Christmas is coming and the snow and the cold. Well, I hate the damn snow. I don't hate the snow. I hate the frigid cold, especially now with my injury. Uh, when it gets below 50, my hand starts to hurt. But I still love the season. So I love what the season's about. Um, well, enough of g- babbling on with me. Won't you tell everybody where they can find us? And we'll get going on with the show. All right, man. Well, you might be listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts. It can be found on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, etc. Soon to be found on YouTube Music. We'll set up an account there as well and tell you more about that soon. Um, just find the It Came From Gen X podcast. Give us a free follow or subscribe. And as we publish new episodes, we'll pop into your podcast library free of charge. You might be watching us on our YouTube channel at It Came From Gen X. Give us a free subscribe there as well. Uh, show videos, segments, all that good stuff is there. All show information, two main spots, um, links to our social media, episodes, etc. is on our Linktree page. Simply Google Linktree. It came from Gen X. Uh, nothing to log into. Again, it's simply a page with links to our stuff. And our website, if you go to one place, go there. Uh, it came from Gen X.wordpress.com. All information is there. Ways to sponsor the show, links to our merch store, videos, bios, etc. Go there. If you do anything at all, tell a friend, uh, give us free follows, subscribes on Apple Podcasts, give us a rating and review. It helps others find the show. And we appreciate your support out there. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Tell a friend. That's the best and easiest way to grow the show organically. Exactly right. It's free to us. It's free to you guys. And uh, hell, may learn something here or there. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> or get a Get a laugh or two at us or with us or, you know, whatever the case may be. Hey, I want to do a real quick shout out to my pride and joy, my oldest of eight kids between me and Marcy and Michael Skinner Jr., our producer extraordinaire. Um, he spent a week in Atlanta doing some work for some uh, music folks down there and uh, just so proud of him. I can't awesome. say it enough to him, around him, on the show. He's just that's amazing talent and amazing ear for what he does. And I just hope nothing but success for him. Also want to shout out to my sister. She ended up uh, having surgery this morning. Oh, goodness. I forgot to tell you guys about my, my sister decided she was going to uh, try to one up me. Uh, we were oh, at no. a friend's house for the Penn state game. Mm-hmm. And we were all outside during halftime and, uh, Larry and Missy Fornash is where we were at, and they've got a, a timber, timber, the, the four-inch timber that outlines their sidewalk. Well, it's kind of mossy, and it was a little wet, and her feet gave out, and she went straight down on the concrete and broke her hand. She actually oh, broke no. it, just placed it at the knuckle on her on her index finger. Um, 
or the ring finger, excuse me. So they had to go in today. And ironically enough, it was my surgeon at the at the uh, Cleveland Clinic, uh, Doctor uh, Esterly. Um, he was the uh, surgeon that took care of her, so she got out of surgery. Everything's well. Uh, she's going to be in a cast for I think a week or two, and then they're going to start doing some therapy, and everything seems to be good for her. But uh, you know, I was just right around the corner, and Miss Marcy fell down the steps earlier that day. Uh, oh, four or five geez. steps. So she must have been the must have been the day for falling. But all I saw was somebody going down, and I thought it was Marcy falling a second time. But it ended up being my sister. So good uh, Lord. Well wishes to her. She's uh, <laughs> and uh, hopefully uh, that'll be a speedy recovery for her. But the surgery went well. So that's good. Well, uh, so, so she should carry firewood again soon. Is that what I understand? Your sister. Oh, no, she's got the right hand. Okay. She can carry firewood. She's got okay. a good hand. Okay, yeah, no, good. there ain't no problems with that. Absolutely. Good. good. Teresa! Yeah, we'll have to get a fire going at your house or my house and <laughs> sure. uh, make sure she continues continues her duties. I like it. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, well, not a lot, or I should say there is a lot going on around the world. I want to start off with a little bit of news. I hate doing that, especially with right now because it's so depressing and so heart wrenching. Um, nothing's changed yes. over in the Israeli Hamas region. If anything, it has gotten worse. Iran has gotten their nose involved in all this, um, threatening the U.S. The U.S. got the uh, ships over there in the Red Sea and then Mediterranean. I told you guys this a couple weeks ago. I don't see a good outcome in this. And it's just <clears throat> cooler heads still haven't prevailed. And I don't know if they are going to prevail. So Godspeed to our troops, to all those involved, to all the innocent victims already, to those families that have been displaced yes. in the Israel, Israel, the, in the Gaza region. They didn't deserve this. They didn't ask for this. Somebody please, please think about what you're doing. Uh, that's all I can ask. Uh, closer to home. You ever see World War Three, Skinner? You know, I told Marcy, and she asked me that question: Is is there a World War Three in the future? And if China or somebody, if Russia turns their turns their guns away from the Ukraine and starts getting involved, yeah, I could very well see. A big war, maybe not the extent of a World War Three, but I could see several countries getting their nose into into this and causing some real havoc. I hope to God that it doesn't get to that, but the writing's on the wall. We'll see what happens. So, yeah. uh, a little bit closer to home. I'm not going to give the guy's name. One, I don't have it. I don't want to give him the glory, but the. And I, and some might be angry or you know upset with me calling them this, but the coward up in Maine took the lives of several individuals at the ball started at a bowling alley, and I can't I, I can't recall where it ended up, but sixteen deaths involved, many people hurt, and then they found his body in a dumpster with a self inflicted gunshot wound. This was a forty year old ex military reservist. With a mental mental issue. Here we go again. 
is it the gun that killed the people or is it the mental illness that killed people? And I'm going to go and tell you right now, the gun didn't cause, didn't shoot itself. Gun didn't shoot itself. Just like the car that crashes, the drunk driver that crashes his car into somebody else and takes a life. The car didn't cause the crash. It was the drunk driver. I saw something the other day where they talked about the last seven or eight mass shootings. Every single one of them, it was the sh- it was the event. The cause of it was mental health. The event, mental health. The last six or seven of those all came down to mental health. But you got these gun activists saying it's the gun that's the problem. It's not the gun that's the problem, people. And I, that's not what this story's about. Um, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know how to fix this, but... Uh, these tragedies have got to stop. They're coming too frequently anymore over the last 10 years. You know, when we were growing up, how many times do we have a a mass shooting that we heard of? Now, again, media today is up to the second. Us, it was the newspaper the next day or when CNN finally came on board, what was that, in late 70s, early 80s? And that's only if you had the paid subscription that you could get CNN. We didn't hear about it to the next day or the next week when it came on uh, on print. So I know there's a difference, but what are your thoughts? I know you don't have an answer as to how to get rid of this mass shootings and this this mental health or this gun violence and all that. It, there's no answer, but I know you got a thought or two. Well, I mean, to me, it's I mean, it, like you say, it's a very difficult thing to tackle. I mean, I, you and I think differently on the gun, some of the gun stuff there. Like, I don't think that there's a reason to have civilians with automatic weapons and all that type of stuff, even though most owners don't do that, of course. But unfortunately, there's some that do cause a lot of damage. At the very least, to me, there's got to be something to do with you know, extra screening or something along that line. And or if you're able to get a gun and something happens to where you're exhibiting that type of behavior on social media, et cetera, there should be a way to come in and check on you and uh, just maybe at least confiscate your gun for a while or something like that to make sure you're getting the help that you need, something like that. In addition to certainly the country probably has plenty of opportunity to provide care for folks that you know, do have a, a mental health mm-hmm. condition. It's not that easy. Obviously, you know, as we know, you just can't call the you want to call the police on people and they're not the ones equipped to handle that type of stuff. So it's a, it really is a big problem, but Right. I think between, you know, the type of guns that are available, the extra screening, like I said, to be able to go in and, and uh, you know, hold your gun or hold someone's gun that to try to stop them from hurting somebody else. Potentially, there's a, just a couple of things to look into. But like you say, it's just a mass problem in this country. It really is. Yeah. And we don't think differently when it comes to that, the screening of people getting guns. But yeah. but even then. If someone wants a gun, they're going to get a gun, whether it's illegal or not. That's the problem. Yeah. The automatic weapons out there, uh, if you own one, you own it for reasons of novelty. Um, Have one to have one. to, But, you know, you've got those that go out and seek guns to cause harm. And, yeah, that's where... That's what we think alike. There's got to be a way to stop that. I don't know what the answer is or how we do that, but there is a way to stop that. You know, I've got several friends, and we all we know those that have the AR-12s and 15s as part of their arsenal, but they're very responsible. They're not the ones that you have to worry about. It's the 
it's the bad guys and the bad girls in this case, like the one that happened down in Texas. But uh, what we're doing now Anyways, ain't working. Yeah. So people yeah. have to be open to change. The people, the country has right. to be open to change. Even you know the the hard line, you know, uh, right. Second Amendment type people. You got to be open to change, or it's just going to continue to happen. And unfortunately, sooner or later, it's going to happen in your state or your area. And heaven forbid, someone in your family right. impacted before you. Someone in your think circle differently. Right, right, right. Let's hope it doesn't get to that. Think differently before it gets to your circle. So, oh, all right, man. That's all I have for local news and uh, world news right now. Let's move on to something a little bit uh, less depressing, which got a little bit in sports. Uh, take care of that since Mr. Porter isn't available. Um, did you catch any football this past weekend, whether it be college or pros? I did see a little. Dallas looked pretty good. Yeah, Dallas looked pretty good against the Rams. It wasn't televised here locally, but you catch the headlights. You know, Prescott's stats were, were pretty good for a change, so that was good. So they played mm-hmm. to that level. They they could beat a lot of people. I watched the Browns game locally. Uh, not a great way to end that yep. game, certainly for Cleveland. But that, that's that's about it, really. How about you? Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I was pretty busy trying to do things yesterday and Saturday. I watched the Ohio State game, of course, but um, in between uh, trick or treaters, uh, did see what Kirk Cousins. Yes, uh, I don't know if you saw that. He tore his Achilles tendon. I did, and unfortunately, he is gone for the season. Mm. You know, this is becoming the season of injury. I'm calling it the season of injuries. It is just incredible the studded star power that have been lost for multiple games or in many cases the season Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins is just one of many Uh, Aaron Rodgers he had what four plays in and he uh, is done for the year Mm -hmm. with the same thing with the Achilles that's right Uh, a little closer to home got a lot of people up in arms about the $250 million cheerleader on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Deshaun Watson, his is a shoulder problem, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knows. They haven't really come out and said it. Uh, Saquon Barkley from the New York Giants, he had some issues uh, beginning of the season. He's back a game or two now and seems to be moving pretty well. And, of course, also Cleveland, uh, Nick Chubb, um, mm-hmm. best player, in my opinion, best player in football um, out for the season. But uh, where it is it, he's back in the gym already lifting weights. Yes. <coughs> Excuse mm-hmm. me. Pretty incredible. Hasn't had surgery yet on his leg, but he's out. Uh, he's already trying to rehab, uh, doing some weightlifting for his upper body. Mm-hmm. So um, any names I'm missing out there? Just it's. And my question is, is this the feels that they're playing on is it the incredible strength of the human body that's playing this football game nowadays is it the equipment is it the lack of uh strength but you know the base is the strength and conditioning coaches aren't as good as they used to be is there an answer as to why this has happened so often and and so frequently, it seems like not only this year, but over the last couple of years, this is not just a trend anymore. This seems to be an every other week event. 
What do you think? I think it's a combination of a few things. And one name, by the way, Trayvon Diggs is a Cowboys uh, all-pro cornerback. He's out with an ACL yes. as well. Yeah. But uh, I, that was the name I was trying to figure out. I knew it was a Dallas guy, yeah. but I couldn't remember which one it was. Yeah. Poor guy. But, um, yeah, I think it's a combination of a few things there, man. I mean, certainly these guys continue to become more and more athletic. You know, the speed that these guys can run and hit is certainly, you know, more advanced these days, I think. Uh, and then there's more to be said, I think, for these some of these fields. You know, it was just that when Rodgers got hurt, it was that very eerie, weird, random Twitter person put something out there that he's going to go out and tear his ACL on that wet, you know, turf. And a couple hours later, that actually happened. So it's just the... You know, more and more players are calling for artificial turf to be removed because of the, I don't know if it just, you stick to it more, it's harder on your body and everything else. So, um, but yeah, unless they, unless they really make some changes in the, in some of the field conditions, I think we're going to continue to see probably more of those like type of tears in the ACLs and knees and that type of thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Chubb, some of it was just freak stuff too. Certainly, yeah, I mean, just, Chubb's accident was kind of a freak thing. It's unfortunate and bad timing, and you can't question the judgment of somebody hitting somebody low. So there always is going to be some of that, certainly. But I definitely think the fields are a factor, right? Yeah, and that goes for all levels of uh, the game. You know, that turf is like playing on. It's like playing on concrete. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no give or take. There's like you said, there's no give, there's no take. You know, you stop on a dime, and if your body isn't prepared to stop, your legs are going to keep going. You know, your mind's telling you stop, but your legs and and knees and and ankles are still moving. So, and that's yep. just that's just physics and a law of <laughs> law of uh, what I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, you know, your body can only stop so often or so sudden and when you've got forces going against you people are going to get hurt and then you've got these 250 275 pound men on top of you on top of that it's just yeah it's a violent sport i you know and i get that but you know they've done so well with technology on the pads and the helmets and things of that nature protecting players but yet they're still playing on these concrete floors that's causing these injuries and something's got to give. So I hope, I hope they revisit that. Yeah. A um, little bit college football. Um, watch the Buckeyes play this past weekend. That's uh, of course, that's all I do on Saturdays is wait for the Buckeye game. Um, but uh, Flares are, are uh, tempers are flaring up uh, that team up north. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've heard much or if you believe everything that's going on, but seeing a lot of videos, seeing a lot of evidence that um, doesn't look good for Mr. Harbaugh and the the, the team up north, uh, Michigan University. Um. They caught wind of it end of last year, and they continued to do some things this year. Um, if you've lived under a rock in college football over the last eight weeks, uh, there is rumors, there's uh, accusations of unfair scouting. Uh, an individual, Colin Sumter, another his name, had been visiting opponents, future opponents of the football team, <clears throat> recording 
sideline activities of games. Uh, and um, they were stealing signs. You know, they steal signs in baseball. It, that's part of the game. You're on second base. You're looking at them, you know, f- doing the signs. But in football, it's a little bit different. I don't care what anybody says. Um, you've got this guy's got the signs up there trying to hide the telev- television from the guys that are actually on the field doing doing the sign, what we call sign language, but they're giving plays and things of that nature. But to send somebody across country to a game, sit there recording halves, and, and it was all the opponents. They did it for Ohio State. They did it for Georgia. There is... Excuse me, I'm sorry. There is financial evidence and hard evidence that this guy traveled across country to games that were future opponents of Michigan. So nothing's come out yet definitively, but the FBI has been involved. I don't know. I don't know if you've heard that. Uh -uh. I didn't hear that part. But there was there was uh, emails. Emails, computers were hacked, which is why the FBI has gotten involved due to cyber uh, cyber crimes, all involved with this individual, this staffer that uh, was employed by the football team. So as a Buckeye fan, I just sit back and laugh and say, you know, they've been so irrelevant and so mediocre for so many years that overnight they became an elite football team. How is that possible? My dad seems to think it is possible. I had a conversation with them about it. He's like, well, Georgia, like, yeah, well, Georgia didn't become good overnight. They had gradually gotten better to the point where they were a contender for, and have been for 10, 12 years now. You know, even go back to when Nick Chubb was playing, which was what, six years ago. So they've not just flipped the switch and they're all of a sudden an elite team. So I, as a Buckeye fan, it's it's comical. It's karma, I guess. Um, but college football is not college football without a good Michigan team, a good Ohio State team. And let's be truthful, as much as I don't like Alabama and SEC teams, college football is good when those teams are good. So... Be curious to see what uh, comes about all this. Have you heard any of this? I heard you chuckle when I talked about the FBI involved. But, um, yeah, it's crazy what's going on up there right now. Yeah, I think, you know, like a lot of people think too, but, you know, everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of teams do that, I'm sure. And, you know, Michigan certainly, maybe they took it to another level or maybe they just happened to be unfortunate ones that got caught. I don't know. I think the whole thing is 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 kind of ridiculous. I do think that uh, uh, nothing much will come out of it, probably, other than maybe Harbaugh, like some predict, is just getting worn down with the college game in general. And as he probably just says, hey, some combination of the heck with this and or maybe it's time for me to leave or... Michigan maybe says, ah, you know what, uh, let's work out a deal here when we, where you sort of announce you're going to go back to the pros or something that's that's kind of just uh, kindly part ways and get this investigation behind us and see that moving on. I think at the very least you'll see that happen. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Well, supposedly they 
the university pull back their offer that they were going to offer at the end of this year. Well, sure. They're going to give him an extension and make him the highest paid coach in Big Ten, but they've pulled that uh, mm-hmm. now. So. Oh, yeah. He'll be gone. We'll see what happens. Yep. Yeah, I have a feeling. So that's all I got for sports. What do you think of the World Series? <coughs> You're a big baseball guy, so I just saw the, the playoffs are actually very yeah, yeah, yeah. intriguing series uh, this year. It's one-to-one right now with Arizona and Texas, I know, in the, in the season stand of it. Both the championship series went to seven games, right? Uh, a lot of decent mm-hmm. series yeah, it seemed like this year. Yeah, it's been a fun postseason. Yeah. All the, all the teams that you don't want to see in there, at least in my case, the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Cheaters, the Arizona, uh, Houston Astros, all of them not there this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a matter of fact, Dodgers got ousted in uh, – they got swept in the first round. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox didn't make it. Houston made it. Uh, Texas played them well. Um, they were the – Worst team record in the AFC, and I think Arizona was the worst team record in the NFC for the uh, American League, National the League. The National League. Yeah. <clears throat> American League and National League. So for them to make it all the way through and in the World Series, it's been entertaining to say the least. Are too many teams in a uh, playoff? playing tonight, game three. I wonder your take on that, too, by the way. So are there too many teams in a play? Yeah. Like the, the, best, I, the teams are the best records Atlanta, Baltimore teams they got beat so some argue well you gotta you gotta remain hot at the end of the season and keep playing and these other teams could rise up and overtake you and others say ah there's too many teams in it and you're gonna wind up having some of these teams like a texas and arizona to where not so great in the regular season get in there they get hot and they wind up beating your quote elite team so maybe that's a good thing too i don't know what do you think well the problem is, is you got the first round buys when you got the, the seven game series for the wild cards going on. Yeah, teams don't want day. They don't, especially during the season. You don't want a day off when you're hot. When you're playing baseball, you want to play every single day. You don't even want an off day, which is hard to understand. Yeah, a normal job, you got to have two days off to to recharge. Most people have a two day weekend, or they have a day off during the week and a one weekend, uh, one weekend day to. But in baseball, it's a lot different. You have when you get hot, you want to be on the field every single day and, and ride that wave, as they say. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened with Atlanta. That's what happened with the Dodgers. Um, they sat for a week waiting to play, and then they just got you know they got uh, ousted in the first round. So <clears throat> I don't mind the wild card. I don't like that they have extra teams in here now that's causing more and more time off for those that are playing. Yeah. It's fun. gives everybody a, a, an opportunity to make the playoffs. You know, back in the day when you had just the AFC, I keep saying AFC and NFC, the American League and National League, you had the division winners play each other and then go to the World Series. Yeah. That was it. So, you know... Um, is there too many teams? I don't know. Let's go another year and see how it goes. Uh, but this year has been very entertaining, and I think the argument uh, has no merit this year with how how the how the series have gone yeah, so far. I'm with you. Yep. Okay. So, a uh, little bit of music news. Uh, one of my favorite bands as a kid, um, 
they're considered rock and roll, I guess, but they're not the the metal or the glam metal and stuff that we listen to. But in this day in 1982, the band Minute Work, mm-hmm. they had their first number one hit, Who Can It Be Now? I remember that song. It's a saxophone player that is a pretty predominant uh, uh, instrument in that song. Um, those guys were pretty good. Um, they were not uh, not a sound that you heard before. They were kind of unique. Um, but I thought that was interesting. In 1982 was their first hit. And, and then that's, back that's, in 1968. Go ahead. I was going to say that. I love listening to the retro, you know, the throwbacks, uh, the top 40 you know, with Casey Kasem, uh, and then also at the MTV XVJs do a weekly top forty countdown to you know current one, but they go back and reflect on a, a year. Right. They were just talking about they had eight nineteen eighty two the other day. That song came up. I guess the the background of that story: those guys were a couple of those guys were living in the kind of a seedy part of town. They were so poor, and their neighbors were apparently drug dealers. So when they would get a knock on the door, they would get nervous that it was somebody looking for the drug dealer and not them. So that that premise, knocking on their door, who can it be now, is huh. what was the inspiration to write that song, which certainly became a hit. And they really got that band off and running there. So their real life story for that song uh, created the, you know, the big hit for them. But that was pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> go back to kind of my, uh, some of my roots back 1968, Marvin Gaye. His first number one hit as a solo artist, I heard it through the grapevine. Now that is an era of music I absolutely yes. love that has nothing to do with rock and roll, has nothing to do with metal. Uh, hair bands, all those that you and I, um, you know, that we share a passion for. Mm-hmm. But the old school R&B, Motown, mm-hmm. there is nothing like it. I agree. Marvin Gaye, uh, you know, I can go on and on and on about all that music back in those days, the Temptations. and uh, I'm drawing a blank, but there's so many names, there's so many songs that I can just turn it on and fall into a trance somewhere listening to that music. Um, Marvin Gaye is one of the greatest, in my opinion, uh, come out of Motown. And I love that. I heard it through the grapevine. That song will live in infamy. And uh, that was a number one hit this day and back in 1968. Mm. So uh, pretty neat. What Motown do you remember? What do you, do you have a favorite that you can uh, you know, throw you on the spot a little bit. Is there a favorite era of Motown that you have, or is it just in general like me? You know, I just absolutely love it. I, I just, I just love all that stuff, man. I guess even going back to the, you know, the, you know, the, the founding of that. Like I said, the '60s, the '70s had a lot of great uh, Motown hits. Uh, like you said, Marvin Gaye was certainly one of the greatest, you know, vocal talents that ever lived. One of the smoothest voices ever. Actually, also one of the best versions, in my opinion, of the national anthem at that Lakers game back in the, I think it was in the early 80s. If you have not seen that, go check out his version of the 
the national anthem was very, very, very cool and unique. Uh, but yeah, a lot of that stuff, man. The Pointer Sisters, the uh, Diana Ross, and Aretha Franklin. God, there's so many, yeah. so many great artists that came out of that. Uh, came out of that. So um, the four tops, oh, man. So uh, good. Yeah, you could go on sure, and on and on. Just yeah. two for hours and be so just fine. Whoever came on, really. Yeah, uh, Jackson Five is another one that comes to mind back there. Sure. So, and what one other thing I got is uh, Grace Slick back in 1938. This day she was born. Mm. <clears throat> I was not a big fan of St- uh, Jefferson Starship. I liked some of their music, but boy, they had a following. And I remember the one song <laughs> that made it big was due to a, a Gen X movie. The movie, do you know which one I'm referring to? Oh, it's a, uh, the Mannequin. Okay. Oh, man. The the movie The Mannequin with, uh, uh, oh, gosh, uh, Kim Cattrall, right. is that what That's her right. name is? Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't remember the dude that played it, uh, who played the lead role, but... The Jefferson Starship, or yeah, it was Jefferson Starship at that point, was the theme song for that movie. So when I hear that song, uh, I always think of that movie. Um, but that's a, definitely a Gen X uh, movie. If you haven't seen it and you're a Gen X person, shame on you. got to go watch it. It's called The Mannequin. Yeah, boy. Uh, Kim Cattrall, she's done a lot of stuff. She was in, uh, most recently, was uh, Sex and the City, that okay. HBO. Was that HBO? Yeah, that show was on. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's so she, happy birthday to Grace Slick. Yeah, she's and, again uh, another great talent, man. And Starship it was probably Starship by the time the mannequin came around. But that's a band that really had its uh, changing yeah. sound throughout the years. To me, I prefer the older stuff with Grace Slick as the uh, uh, lead vocalist back then. They had a whole different edge and everything. So I liked them better in that era. But yeah, definitely a great. Uh, Musician, great uh, I agree. Artist. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Their older stuff was fantastic, uh, but uh, their '80s pop wasn't a big fan of it. But uh, well, the, again, the movie Mannequin was a, a fun. Well, the best one. worst songs, depending on your point of view in pop, in pop music history, we built this city. It's like you either hate that song or you love that <laughs> song. But Grace Slick is really, and she's prominent on that song for sure. I'm on the yeah. don't really care yeah, for it, but uh, a lot of people do do love that song. Don't care for the song itself, but her sound was phenomenal. Yes. Oh. So. All right. Well, that's all I got for uh, music and sports and uh, local and national news. Let's take it on uh, to you for some pop culture. All right, brother. Now we've been out for a couple of weeks here. When we start with some um, Gen X recommendations, have you seen or listened or what have you, and anything in media that you wish to recommend to our viewers and listeners out there, sir? Right ahead. Well, yeah, there's uh, there has been a couple weeks, and watched a couple movies, and I've started a new series. It's called The Recruit. Okay. Um, I think it's a spinoff from the movie that uh, Al Pacino was in, The Recruit. And I can't remember who else was with him. Colin Farrell maybe was in it. Okay. Uh, but this is a series 
spinoff. It's on Netflix. I'm just into the second episode, but boy, a lot of action already. A lot of FBI, CIA, back uh, back room stuff. Pretty neat. So if you're into that, definitely one to look into. Um, watched a movie called... Now, you know who uh, Charlize Theron is. Mm-hmm. Anybody our age knows who she is. And then there's Seth Rogen. He's more of a he's more of a millennial or zennial, I think possibly. Uh, he's a little bit younger than us, but the guy is funny as hell. Yeah. Put put these two into a comedy slash political movie. Who would have thought it was absolute gold? The movie's called Long Shots. Hmm. Have you heard of it? Oh yeah, well, he, he's trying to date her. So he he has, has a, it's a long shot to date her or something like that. They are friends from high school okay. or from grade school. She becomes a political uh, a political person trying to become president of the United States. He's a, pro, a profound writer, and she hires him to write speeches for him, and then they spawn a, a love interest. And But his one-liners, it, Seth Rogen, is just absolutely hilarious in this movie. Um, so if it, it's, I, it's recommended for comedy value. Of course, Charlie Theron, she's easy on the eyes. We all know that. Sure. That woman uh, is is so good on the screen. But, uh, yeah, so long shots on Netflix. And one other one for you Gen Xers out there, Old Dads. <laughs> Coach Cooper kind of <laughs> threw it out there uh, about a week ago with the cast saying, hey, if you haven't seen this yet, you got to. I watched this movie, and I was in stitches. I, I, I shouldn't say this on the air, but I had it on during work hours. Needless to say, I didn't get much work done. I was too busy laughing at this movie. It is a Gen X dad trying to raise kids, trying to run a business, dealing with millennials and Gen Zs, and I don't want to spoil it, but it's us four musketeers to a T with the guys that are in this movie. It's a group of four guys that are together and with their wives and families and how they're intertwined. And then you're dealing with the young kids with work, <laughs> with socially social things. Um, again, I laughed my butt off for the entire movie. So if you are a parent, if you're a dad, <laughs> or if you're a Gen Z person in general, you've got to watch this movie. Very good. Anything else? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, not a lot of music's come out lately. Um, uh I'm trying to remember what band it was. It, it was an 80s band. I'll let you do yours, and I'll, if I think of it, I'll come back to it. But there is a new album that came out, uh, Kicks. Maybe it was Kicks okay. that brought out a new album. That was pretty, pretty good uh, album as well. Uh, but, yeah, that's all I got for now, though. Okay. Uh, as I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> That's okay. Well, we didn't talk about music a little bit. I'll give a quick, uh, just a quick kind of review. I went and saw the last uh, Kiss show in, in Cleveland. It was supposed to be the last Kiss show this time. Yes. Uh, this past Sunday. So me and uh, Cunningham and Tina and Nick, who do I could do a convincing idiots with, and his lovely mother, who's closer to our age, uh, Skinner. So <laughs> Jen. Uh, Great time. Uh, Kiss is always just a great show. I mean, I, I really wanted to see Ace and Peter one more time with them, but Paul and Gene, as, as, as usual, I mean, it, it, 
it's always a good show. So kudos to Kiss for still getting out there and still trying to do their best and put on a good show for you. A uh, nice big crowd at the, end of the uh, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse in Cleveland where the uh, Cavaliers play. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, if you're able to check them out on their final leg and do so, I think their final show is coming up toward Christmas time in Madison Square Garden. And that's it of their touring until maybe you see a residency or something. Who knows? Nothing's been announced, but uh, they're certainly winding it down on these big tours. Uh, Loki season two, Skinner, have you seen this yet on Disney Plus? I have yeah. not. I was gonna ask if yeah. you've seen that yeah, one. Yeah, go yet. check that out. It's four episodes in. I think it's I don't care if it's six or eight episodes. Uh again, just just I love this universe. Uh Tom Hiddleston and then Owen Wilson and uh KY Kwan joined the, the the cast this year. He's the guy from uh mm-hmm. Uh, way back in Goonies, uh, did uh, everything everywhere all at once and won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for. He's in this now working at the T TMV. Just great, great characters. Interesting. It's not the, it's not the first season, but it's it's a whole different thing. Um, Jonathan Majors is in this as a different right. uh, version of Kang the Conqueror who lived uh, many years ago uh, that was uh, in the comics as well, this version of it. Anyway, just it's very intriguing and the effects are great and everything. So if you liked uh, Loki season one, you'd probably enjoy uh, Loki season two. Um, now, do you need it for those out there? Do you need to see season one to get, you know season what? It two? would be helpful. It really would be helpful. I would not recommend okay. if you've not seen it all and you're kind of meaning to go back and watch season one as well. Just watch season one first. Give you a nice introduction of the characters and that universe and everything. It'd be a lot easier to follow in season two. Although they, do, they give you a nice gotcha. recap at the beginning of it on episode one, but it's just, you know, it's not the uh-huh. same from watching the whole uh, season. So go check those out on Disney+. Plus. Right. Uh, you know what? In the spirit of the Halloween season, man, I had never seen any... Dracula movie starring Christopher Lee as Dracula. He made 10 movies starring as Dracula. Really? A few of them had the great Peter Cushing as Van Helsing in these. Man, these are like... Mm-hmm. The first one was Horror of Dracula from 1958. I didn't realize it was that old. Uh, I watched that one first. Very, very good. It's a whole different version of like the, you know, the Bram Stoker Dracula type. It's, it has those themes to it for sure. But right. just... You know, Christopher Lee doesn't talk a whole bunch, but it's just the, his presence of Dracula is very cool. And anyone that has Peter Cushing in it, there's a few of them, it's a whole other level. Peter Cushing is a phenomenal actor anyway, and as Van Helsing, just great. So if you're looking for some type of a classic movie right. to get you in the Halloween spirit, uh, go watch some of the earlier ones of the you know, Christopher Lee as Dracula Um that one was good. Dracula's Risen from the Grave. There's a few of them. Some of them got really kind of bad. But Horror of Dracula, like a point you one, go check out the first one back in 1958. That's what I got. That's one of the main things right. that, I've, that I've watched. Um, okay. you know, pop culture, I mean, we've been gone for a couple of weeks here. I mean, I, you know, it's just our age, we've talked about this before. I mean, there's going to be almost, uh, unfortunately, very often a a prominent figure in the world of pop culture is going to uh, unfortunately pass on. Uh, but we do like to take pause and recognize a few folks. Uh, Richard Roundtree passed away recently. Uh, Skinner, aged 81, 
If you don't really know his name, he was best known as playing John Shaft at the uh, Shaft films in the early 70s. The original. Yes, indeed. Yep. He did come back to reprise his role in Samuel Jackson had a a Shaft movie. I think he was like the elder Shaft or something like mm-hmm. that. But you know, I I didn't watch these movies. It really wasn't you know, the black uh, black black exploitation or black power type movies or what have you. Uh, just I really not that I'm against it. You know, I just really haven't gotten around to watching many of those. Right. But certainly was a prominent actor and a prominent character. So we do want to recognize uh, him. He also had supporting roles in films like Seven, George of the Jungle, Speed Racer, White Man Want, uh, and various others. So TV shows, he was in a lot of different things uh, in his time. So any thoughts on Richard Roundtree, sir? The original Shaft was a pretty badass movie, I'm not going to lie. Okay. If you haven't seen it. I haven't. I need to check it out. Uh, definitely recommend it. <clears throat> You know, everybody thinks Shaft. They don't. They go back to Samuel L. Jackson and his role. Good movie. Okay, that was a first date. I think you actually were with me to watch that movie. Uh, if you recall, we went to the theater when it came out back in the early two thousands. What was it? Which one? Shaft with Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, the original uh, when it, it came out. Well, I sure don't remember that. So I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Ex ex wife. And her friend and you and I went. Um, uh, Amy Cooper. That's all I'm gonna. <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> anyway, uh, but most people they see Shaft. That's what they go back to. But you got to go back to the original Shaft with Mr. Roundtree. And, um, he was really good on stage. He had a he had a screen presence like no other. Uh, so if you've got some time, I recommend going and seeing that. But uh, yeah, he wasn't a lot of stuff. Uh, outside of that, he wasn't just Shaft. He was able to do a lot of other roles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, rest in peace. Eighty-one years old. He lived a good life, um, and he definitely will be missed out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another uh, big passing. Uh, she was probably uh, many first crush for our generation in the world of uh, TV and f- <laughs> and uh, film. Uh, definitely one of my earlier crushes as a kid. I remember back in. Jesus, I mean, fourth grade, if I recall correctly, when Three's Company was on the air. Uh, Suzanne Somers passed away a couple weeks ago at age 76. Um, poor woman that battled uh, breast cancer off and on for many, many years. But uh, yeah, a couple of hit shows. Obviously, Three's Company was a hit that she uh, wound up getting uh, wooed off that show because of contract disputes and all that. She wanted to do other shows and film, but she got into uh, fitness and business. So certainly the Thighmaster commercials will be remembered by many in our generation growing up. Thighmaster, uh-huh. then the, the Buttmaster and all that. But she wound up buying that the rights of the equipment with her husband. And she did they did well in business. So they were they were she was a pretty rich woman uh, they did. uh and um just yeah again always seemed to be a positive presence and and everything else. So yeah, again, uh, she will. She will definitely be missed. Any thoughts, uh, Skinner, on Suzanne Somers? Ah, uh, Chrissy Snow. Yes, indeed. That's where we first got to see her with Three's Company with John Ritter. Rest in peace. Yes. Uh, you know that was a, that was a fun show, and you didn't have to be an adult to understand it. 
you could be a teenager like we were when that was teenager when that was on this run and still understand. We're the kids. Uh, 78, 79. That show went to like 82. So, yeah, I guess we were still pretty young. Yeah. Um, but even then, I remember not watching it as a kid, but as a teenager in his rerun phase. Okay. That's okay. probably what I'm referring to. Okay. When you watch the rerun, um, that show was pretty phenomenal. Mr. Roper, uh, Don Knotts played a role in there. Uh, Mr. Furley. But uh, Chrissy Snow, Mr. F- yeah, Mr. Furley. Um, but that was a good show. She was easy on the eyes, and she was, like you said, first crush for a lot of guys, and uh, for good reason. Absolutely. Uh, and then just this week, uh, Skinner, uh, over the past weekend here, actually, no, Matthew Perry yeah. uh, passed away, uh, sort of most known for playing Chandler Bing on the Friends uh, series. Very prominent uh, actor, certainly right. for our, our generation and others uh, as well. Uh, right about our age or my age, yeah. 54 years old, and he was found... 50. Uh, yep. Drowned, unfortunately, in it is in his home in a jacuzzi. So we don't know exactly what happened. Uh, does not appear to be evidence of foul play. I don't think they found evidence of any drugs or anything like that. So uh, don't know. But uh, you know, certainly, I'm sure we'll get more news on that front. But uh, you know, poor guy certainly battled uh, addiction for many years of his life. He's been very open about that. He had a recent uh, yeah. memoir come out. We talked very open about that. So. Yeah, boy, kind of a just kind of a tragic. But you think about all the all the stars on the Friends series. He definitely was uh, the mm-hmm. most uh, tragic figure uh, of all the main characters uh, for sure. So, uh, yeah, poor guy. Uh, definitely entertaining show growing up. I have mixed uh, mixed feelings about how funny Friends really was, but I definitely watched it. I like most of us in our generation. I watched uh, all episodes all the way through the end and. Uh, he definitely was an entertaining character on that series, uh, for sure. So I uh, did other things as well, but, uh, nothing's going to top his, his notoriety for a Chandler big. So any thoughts on, uh, Matthew Perry, uh, Skinner? Now I caught, I was a fan of Matthew Perry, but not because of, uh-huh. um, I watched a few episodes I can't tell you I've watched every single one from every single season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched a lot of his movies, and the guy was funny stuff. Um, trying to trying to get into some of the stuff that he was in. Um, one of the predominant movies, it's a, it, it's a, ro- a romantic comedy with Salma Hayek. It's called Fools uh, Russian. Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. Great movie, fun movie. He's uh, he's got a unique talent, um, a unique sense of humor. He reminds me truthfully a lot like of you. Uh, <laughs> he's not as dry, not a dry humor, dude. You're freaking hilarious, and you're dry as it comes when it comes to dry humor. But <laughs> thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, there is a compliment there because. You're hilarious as hell, but some will look at him and like, well, who is this guy who fits it? Um, but uh, but uh, he's kind of the same way. His You had to sit there and it had a hitch in the forehead with yeah. his comedy, some of his comedy 
hit you. Uh, the movie, the whole nine yards that he was in with, um, 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 oh, why am I drawing a blank on uh, another actor that's that's ill? Uh, Bruce Willis. Jesus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pardon me. Yeah, he was in. Yeah, he was in it with Bruce Willis. That was a couple movies there. Absolutely hilarious. Um, he was in a movie with Nev Campbell. I don't remember the name of that one. Here again, these are all shows outside or movies outside of Friends. Now, I I know him from Friends. I watched a little bit, but I got most of his popularity outside of that show. So, uh, 54 years old, hits home with us, like you said. Um, our age, battled addiction. You said there was a memoir. Marcy kind of read it to me a little bit. He mm-hmm. had a shoulder injury he had some kind of injury that he got hooked up on vicodin and uh drinking there was a something that he had stated he didn't remember seasons three through six because he was drunk or and or on drugs during that time that he doesn't remember doing it that's pretty powerful if you're in a four or five year period that you're kind of in a blackout yeah uh, that's kind of frightening stuff, but but he did turn it around. He did uh, he, he started a foundation for helping people become sober. Mm-hmm. So he did turn himself around. Um, I think what we heard is he possibly had a heart attack while in the yeah. jacuzzi, and it ended up take the drowning was what technically took his life, but it was caused from a heart yes. attack. So rest in peace, funny man. He's going to be missed by all the friends people my daughter brianna is a huge friends fanatic i mean she's a freak when it comes to that so i know she's she's uh pretty upset about the news as well that's one of her one of her characters that she so dearly loves and uh, i know there's a lot of friends people out there just like her yeah i'm with you without with probably without him and his his uh even his he was very good in the physical comedy his expressions and demeanor and everything on that show, it, Friends probably wouldn't have been the hit that it was, in my opinion, anyway, without without him on that show. And you, did you see them reprise the Odd Couple? I did. I did so, not. Well, I, you know, I saw all, I saw all of this, all the episodes. Excuse me. So, if it was on a Friends episode, I saw, but I, I haven't watched Friends in many years. No, no, no. The show he reprised the Odd Couple. Oh, they. they did a, it was him and. Uh, I, you know what? I remember. I remember that. Now yeah. that you're saying it, they they kind of. That was on NBC for a right. couple, you're couple right. of years. They, yeah, they, they kind of rebooted it. that. You're right. You're right. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he was in that as okay. well. Okay. So. Well, like you said, rest in peace. Uh, there's a a video I have not seen yet, but I'm probably going to watch it this evening. It's making some buzz. In this in uh, pop culture news, I guess over the weekend we talked about uh, you know Marvin Gaye doing a very memorable version of the national anthem, and this other artist apparently did his own version of the national anthem over the weekend, uh, October 29th. So just yesterday, uh, the great Flavor Flav was asked to do to sing. The national anthem oh, no. for the Milwaukee Bucks game, and apparently it's quite the rendition. Again, I've not seen it yet, 
I plan to watch it. It's uh, getting a lot of mixed <laughs> mixed re- mixed reviews, if you will, on social media. So uh, you don't yeah. say. So uh, Flavor Flav. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, a number of years ago, if you think about, I wonder all the current artists who will ever be asked in the future or ever to sing the national anthem. I would bet to think that Flavor Flav would be near the bottom of your list that you think would actually be asked to sing National Anthem. But somebody he did it. Be on yeah, list. somebody did it, and he came out and looked like Flavor Flav and everything else. And, and yeah, I definitely got to check oh, that out my. for sure. I'm, yeah. That's like a train wreck. You got to keep watching that on that one. <laughs> oh, uh, boy. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, I'm looking at, uh, let's see here. Uh, there's so much stuff that's happened over the last couple of weeks. I'm just looking to see what might be semi-interesting here. Are you interested in a, there's more and more rumors here, Skinner. We talked about, you know, Friends was certainly a prominent series over the, over the years, but there's more and more rumors that maybe The Office may make a comeback with a, a revival of The Office. I don't know. It's unclear if they would try to bring back original actors and actresses or they would come back and just do maybe kind of reboot the series or something like that. Are you interested at all in any type of an Office revival or reboot? Or are you of the opinion that many have as well in it had its run, let it go, don't screw it up, Um Actually, they're saying here, so some combination that shows former cast would happily renew their contracts, it says. So, I don't know. Are you interested in an Office revival at all? Truthful, I haven't seen the entire series. I've seen some of it. Yeah. And I'm wanting to finish watching that series. Uh, but I would be interested if they, especially if they brought back some of the original characters. I think I'd be interested in seeing what they have. Uh, if they kept the stories and the comedy with today's society, today's humor, I definitely would be interested. If they try to go back and do the same type of stories and same type of what you know subject matter that they did back then, yeah, I let that go. But if they up it and use today's today's world, yeah, I think it would be hilarious. I love Steve Carell. That guy yeah. is absolutely hilarious. Um, he makes that show. He makes any show that he's in, um, any movie that I've ever seen with him. He's just gold. Uh, so I'd be curious to see if he actually comes back and does that. I he's probably too big for that now. He kind of did it for fun or something like that. But I'm with you. If he if it if it's somehow he would involve him, then yes, I will watch it. If it doesn't involve him, yeah, then. No, probably not. Him, Dwight, and... The show won't be the same without him. Yeah, him, Dwight, and John Krasinski, his character. Those guys would, yeah. would have to... Yeah, that's that's it, but okay. All right. Uh, let's look at some uh, pop culture history this uh, over the last couple of weeks here, uh, Skinner. So, like you said, we're shooting this on October the, the 30th. I'll kind of jump around here a little bit here, but on October the 27th, I can't believe it's been this long already, but back in 1966 was the first airing on television of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. 
Uh, it ran. That's incredible. Yes, indeed. Ran every year on CBS. Eventually went to ABC. Uh, and then in 2020, Apple TV Plus bought the rights and took it off the off network television. You have to get a subscription to watch it there. Obviously, you can buy a DVD of it or what have you. So it's still accessible out there. But right. Uh, that was a series that, or show rather, it definitely became a Halloween tradition for me, you know, for sure. That was uh-huh. arguably for me. I mean, the Christmas one is great. Don't get me wrong, but I think the the Great Pumpkin might be the best Peanuts special, in my opinion. And like I say, it definitely became a Halloween tradition. It wasn't really a Halloween season until that special came on the television i i watched it every year i think probably without right. fail so so just a couple things so were you a fan of that special and then another question is uh was that a tradition for you and are there other since it's the halloween season are there other halloween traditions in general it doesn't have to be television series or movies but just whatever if it's something that right. your family did that you looked forward to every halloween uh, did you watch stuff together? Did you do things together? What are some of the other memories that you have besides perhaps watching It's a Great Pumpkin? But Yeah, that was definitely, a, that kicked off the Halloween season, watching uh, Charlie Brown on yeah. TV every year. That's, there's a couple things, a couple of those that I remember every year. Uh, Christmas season, it was, you saw Rudolph, um, there was the Yogi Bear special mm-hmm. that was on. That was a five day series that they would play. I think it was an hour, maybe two hours for five days straight. Oh, gosh, I don't remember that. That was also during the winter, the winter holidays. Wow. Um, I'm talking Halloween though. Go back to Halloween. But, any any Halloween? Yeah, I don't know. I understand yeah, yeah, that, yeah. but this is this is the every year you have to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as traditions, we used to go and find pumpkins out on a pumpkin patch. Um, my dad was always good about building decorations. He still does it to this day. Um, he built a small miniature coffin that's about two feet wide or long for a baby doll that Marcy's going to zombify a baby doll. He's got LED lights on it to where you can see the face and it's going to be put out there for next year. Um, he's, he's built costumes. He's built uh, full size coffins for me and, and for uh, he had one when they, we lived in Kenmore. Um, so watching him build, build decorations, decorating the house. Um, that was always fun for me. It was something that, because we didn't do a lot with my dad because he was a working man. He worked 40, 50 hours, sometimes 60 hours a week at the post office. And usually starting in October, you've got, think about back then, Christmas around the corner. Mm-hmm. They had all the catalogs and everything was went through the mail back then. It's not like it is today. So we didn't see my dad. So Halloween was one of those that I looked forward to because I got to spend time with my dad. Very good. That's great. Yeah, from a uh, you know viewing and all that perspective, like I said, that, that was definitely a big one for the Great Pumpkin you know, annual airings of different. I don't remember a lot of specials that beyond the Great Pumpkin that were really you know uh, ingrained 
as a as a as an annual tradition back then. I have to think about that, but you know, certainly various movies, Young Frankenstein on television was would be one I would catch every year. You know, there's a few of those out there, but we did a lot of the traditional stuff as well. You know, Mom was a big decorator for every holiday, so she wound up collecting like Halloween villages and different things and set those out. We did the I got to carve a pumpkin every year. That was always great. Kept that tradition going with Peyton when she was growing up. And she actually carved pumpkins this past weekend, too. It was nice to see her carrying on some of the, you know, the, the old school traditions. I was able to go trick-or-treating. It's just basic stuff. You know, mom helped me out with costumes every year. Either I had to, like a lot of us had the Ben Cooper costumes as a kid or mom would help make something. But yeah. without fail, I was always able to get a costume. I was always able to embrace Halloween. And that has never stopped to this day. Every year, still, I still dress up and go out. We went out Friday. As a matter of fact, it's going to went out to Barberton Alley. And I'll set up. Oh, you. Go ahead. I was say, you and Alley looked fantastic. <laughs> I'll put it. You sent those pictures. I showed I showed Marcy and she goes, wow, do they look good. <laughs> those were fantastic. Yeah, there's some guy made masks on Etsy. So Allie and I went as the uh, pig face, two of the pig face doctors from the uh, famous Twilight Zone episode, Eye of the Beholder, one of my uh-huh. favorite episodes. We got recognized a few times. So we went out as doctors with those masks on. Yeah, just just great. So it was just nice to see that, you know, again, his mom always let me embrace and dad embrace that fun and tradition and really has carried on to this day. All right, very good. Um, yeah. Other things of pop culture news, um, and we talked about. Yeah, I'll, I'll skip that one for now. Uh, I got a couple things to throw out to you with the Halloween before you move on. Yeah, go ahead, please. Go ahead. Casper's Halloween's Casper's Halloween special. Did you ever watch Gosh. that or remember that? Don't. This is nineteen seventy six is the original air for Casper. Hmm. Um, there's a span of about six years where movies in our our heyday were just incredible. The Shining in 1980. Oh yeah, came out during Halloween season. Yep. Ghostbusters in 1984 during Halloween. Yep. 1984 again, Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger. Yep. And then the one movie that will never get old, Poltergeist, in 1982. Mm. It was that span of like five or six years where movies came out and they have withstand the test of time. Yeah. And those all seem to be Halloween slash horror movies that they don't make today. You know, you've got your... the the. The movies that come out today, I'm sorry, I they're not fun. I remember when we went out, they thought The Conjuring was going to be the next best thing, and we all fell asleep watching that damn movie. And then they come out with The Conjuring 2, and it came out with Annabelle, and it was like, they're all entertaining, but they weren't the movies that we grew up with. And I, I don't know if that's just me being an old fuddy-duddy, or if there's something to it, because... I watched The Shining, and I still get goosebumps watching that movie. Jack yeah. Nicholson was incredible. Uh, the story was incredible. Um, same with Poltergeist. Same with Nightmare on Elm Street. You go back and you listen. Guy walked up on Saturday trick-or-treating dressed up as Freddy Cougar. He looked just like him. It was awesome. 
That just brings me back to being a kid. Maybe that's what it's all about for me is being a kid again. But yeah, you know what? Yeah, that, I don't that's, know what it is about those movies. That's actually probably that's probably the essence of Halloween. You're probably exactly right. You get to be feel like you're like a kid again. You get to be somebody else for a little while. And it's like you're part, you're sort of acting in that role. You're not worrying about your own problems for a little bit. You get to see other people's creativity and their costumes out and about. I just love all that stuff. The whole thing about it is is fantastic. We know that Keith has different views on Halloween. He's not as big on that on the horror elements right, and things right. as we are. But and those movies you mentioned too, you're right. I mean, those are we had some we had some arguably of many generations uh, some of the best horror type movies come out in our in our time. That uh, really, like you say, are still significant uh, today. I. We talked about this on the Convincing Idiots uh, show, Skinner. That what what's the last horror movie that you really think is like that was actually pretty decent? Do you remember the last one you watched that you felt was was pretty decent? What when, when that might have been? Honestly, Candyman. Candyman was pretty good. It was probably the last 90s. last decent movie. We talked yeah. about Blair Witch on this uh, podcast not long ago. Far. Blair Witch was like late '90s. That was different. Uh, Blair, it was just different. It was a whole different. It was creative. It was a, yeah, you know, it was creative and corny all at the same time. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think I got to go back to Candyman in the mid '90s for me. Yeah. Last good horror movie. Yeah, you've got your Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, and you've got all the Scream movies, which are terrible in my opinion. Uh, like I already told you about the Conjuring and all those. You know what? That those yeah. are actually the. You mentioned the Scream. The Scream was actually a good, more modern one that started in the '90s and still are. Those are those are still kind of fun. I watched the last couple of Scream movies, and it's still kind of a fun. But it, it does harken back to the '80s type. That's a hit or miss movie. for people. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Okay. I got you. I do plan to see the Exorcist sequel that's uh, doing well at the box office right now. I'll probably wait till it comes on streaming. Me too. But that is a direct sequel to right. the original Exorcist, um, which still okay. holds up in my opinion. But okay, let's do that on a weekend. I'll watch that with yeah. you because I want to see that as yeah, well. Yeah, for sure. You know what? And, and there's other stuff that's happened out there in uh, in history and all that. But let's just stick with the Halloween theme. That's that's a fine way to kind of I think wrap this up, Skinner. So we had the. Uh, you know, yeah. bad news, fun news, and we're going to we'll end it on some fun Halloween topics here to wrap up uh, wrap up this episode. How about that? Absolutely. Yep. Like I said, we had our Halloween on Saturday. You went out on Friday and had a great time. So uh, by the time this airs, the decorations will be taken down and up mm-hmm. for the Thanksgiving holiday season. But uh at the end of the day, Halloween is trying to be a kid again. And yep. there's no other way around it. Um, me and my dad passed out candy to the everybody that came through. And my dad, a smile on his face, it doesn't say anymore. It don't doesn't happen a lot with him. He's you know, he's stuck in his ways. He's 74, gonna be 75 years old. Um but watching him interact with these kids with their costumes and a smile on his face. That was it for me. That was the essence of the weekend and that season for me. That's great. Watching him do that. So 
Yeah. So, uh, any recommendation or anything for you? Any announcements coming up before we get going? Well, we just uh, Dean, Nick, and I just uh, we celebrated the three years already of doing the Convincing Idiots podcast. So, uh, pop culture. Congratulations! Thank you. you. And ours will be coming up here uh, soon as well. We'll talk more about that. But uh, yeah, so check us out, Convincing Idiots, wherever you listen to podcasts. YouTube at Convincing Idiots uh, and our website, convincingidiots.wordpress.com. Pop culture, nerd stuff, and uh, fun with those guys. So, yeah, check us out. That's uh, that's it. I get the pleasure of going to a grand jury interview oh, tomorrow. Oh, boy. That's, yes. Uh, you know, I've, <laughs> I don't mind doing my civic duties. I've been... I've had jury duty four times in my adult life. First mm-hmm. one was I was in active duty military on the West Coast. And <laughs> they'd sent it all the way out there saying, hey, you need to come home and do this. And I said, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, never yet have been on a case. It's not something that's for me. I'm not a big court case and all that stuff. But this one's for the big grand jury. So I have the interview tomorrow to see if I qualify to become a grand jury uh, person. Mm. That's the case. <clears throat> then I'm stuck in downtown Akron for two months, starting at the uh, first week of January. Oh, so we'll boy. see how that goes. Man. So good. all you fans out there, say a prayer for me. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. It could be interesting. You know, again, it's not something I wish to seek out, but it, it very well could be interesting, depending on what the case is. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I've never really seen what the whole legal process is. I've never been, never been convicted of anything. I've been through divorce court. That's totally different than criminal or civil cases. So, I would like to see what. I guess I'd like to see what the difference is. So. With that being said, this is episode one sixteen, shortened version. My goodness. But uh, Mr. Porter will be back with us next time. Um, so for Brian Fisher, I am Michael Skinner. We are the guys from Gen X. We appreciate you, and we will talk to you next time. Have a great time, folks. Stay strong, Gen X. Fish here from the It Came From Gen X podcast. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you are, tell a friend. And if you're not, well, tell two enemies. I used to be frightened by all the wine coolers I saw. I was scared I wouldn't pick the right one. Luckily, I did. It was the most refreshing one of them all, Sun Country Wine Cooler. You see, Sun Country is a blend of premium white wine and real fruit juice. That's what gives it its great taste. Sun Country say, give me the real juice cooler. You don't say sun country. You'd better sleep with your lights on. <laughs> on this episode of the It Came From Gen X podcast, episode 116, Skinner and I are porterless this evening. We're going to give you some uh, Gen X talk, some bad news out there in the world and in the, in the United States. We'll talk about some of that stuff, but then we give you some other fun stuff as well music news sports news and some halloween traditions for the halloween season uh some of our favorite uh, shows and traditions we we grew up with that we still enjoy today 
Watch us on our YouTube channel at It Came From Genix. Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, find us. I, that's, let me do it again. That was terrible. All right. I uh, screwed up. Sorry about that. Oh, all good. All right. I was losing two. it toward the end there. Okay. Yeah, you almost got come it. out. Episode 116. Of, uh, I mean, uh, you, I almost, I, I was it. You're right. I almost said it again. You're right. You're right. I'm like, he's not going to get Christ. through this whole thing. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Uh, All right.